Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. I'm Chris. And this week, we're going to be looking at the theme of love in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. So our quote for today comes from Chapter 5, A Conspiracy Unmasked in The Fellowship of the Ring. And why don't you start us off with it? But it does not seem that I can trust anyone, said Frodo. Sam looked at him unhappily. It all depends on what you want, put in Mary. You can trust us to stick to you through thick and thin, to the bitter end. And you can trust us to keep any secret of yours closer than you keep it yourself. But you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone and go off without a word. We are your friends, Frodo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mary. And that is something that I really like in the books that you see a bit more than in the movies on how how much Merry and Pippin love Frodo mm-hmm. and um, stick by him too. Because in the movies, I feel like love in regard to love towards Frodo is usually seen with Sam mm-hmm. and, and not as much with some of the other characters. Yeah, and it really shows the intentionality behind their... Uh, wanting to go on the the journey with him and, mm-hmm. and understanding what that journey would entail and the dangers it, it has, you know. Mary and Pippin go along with him at the beginning of the movie, but it, it kind of feels like they're dragged along or they, they, they like, are brought accidental. along. It was almost accidental. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, while I love the performances in the movie, like, I really mm-hmm. love the conspiracy aspect of the book where they are planning on going with him and yeah like you're saying it it shows the love that they have for him that you know whether he wants them to or not they're coming with him (laughs) uh they're not going to let him leave on his own Mm -hmm. without them to go with him and that that's that is love yeah absolutely yay yeah so why don't you uh you let me know what character you thought you saw some love in in lord of the rings okay so I felt like Sam was the obvious character to go with because Sam is great. So instead, I am going with Frodo. Okay. I love Frodo. And I feel like he doesn't always get the appreciation that really he should have because he is amazing. Mm. And so for me, I think I really see it. He, He really does have this like, self-emptying love like this love that he goes on and he'll sacrifice his life he'll sacrifice everything for the love of the world Mm. to to embark on a journey to do something that he doesn't even think that he's going to come back from and he doesn't do it for himself he does it for others and and he even allows others to sacrifice for him because he's doing it for love of an abstract kind, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even, I'm just loving this person right here that's my friend, but it's for everyone. And I just think that that's so powerful. And yeah, I, I really like that. And then in the books, which which we never see in the movies, which is such a shame because it's fantastic, in um, The Scouring of the Shire, mm-hmm. after he's already destroyed the ring, all of this stuff has happened, um, they finally get back to the Shire, Saruman has 
kind of invaded there, brought in some men to really oppress the the hobbits. Mm-hmm. And in in that space, um, Frodo comes in, and other people are like, "Oh, like kill Saruman! Like you should kill him. He's done all these terrible things." And he doesn't, and he shows him mercy. And even when he's like. I'm not going to hurt you. Like, I am not repaying revenge for revenge. Mm-hmm. Like, even when he does that, as Sodomon's leaving, he, like, stabs him with a knife. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he had his mithril, so it didn't actually harm him, but he tried to kill Frodo. And even after that, he was like, I'm still not going to kill you. Like, just leave and don't come back. And so I feel like he just, he shows love in so many ways that are so impressive and so difficult. And and he doesn't give up because he loves others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is a very interesting kind of um, way of living his life, uh, sacrificing so much because... Um, of what it brings to the lives of others, you know, that Mm -hmm. is such a loving act. And um, it's interesting because we don't always see it as love because it's, it's more possibly impersonal. Like Mm -hmm. it's not quite as focused. Um, And so it doesn't have that same kind of, of uh, epic feel as a lot of loves that we see in stories. But I I definitely Mm -hmm. think that, that Frodo is an extremely loving person um, Mm -hmm. and that's what motivates him throughout. I love Frodo. (laughs) Frodo's great. Frodo is great. He's wonderful. Um, So what is your plot point? So my plot point um, is not too far from what I I brought last week, actually. Um, But Mm. here it's the familial love that we see between Faramir, Boromir, and Denethor. Okay. Um, And so, you know, when we talk about love, usually a lot of people think specifically of, like, romantic love. But, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, this is some of the strongest love that I see in in uh lord of the rings and some of the the most um interesting love uh mm-hmm. thematically that we see i think that hmm. um for example denethor's madness coming from him losing faramir right losing faramir after like first he lost boromir mm-hmm. which led to his despair yeah right? but his madness of him wanting to kill himself and to kill faramir coming from his perceived loss of Faramir, mm-hmm. I think, is uh, it, it shows the power of that that love that he had. I think that it sh- was certainly an unhealthy love, and mm-hmm. uh, it was not a healthy way of of showing that love or of really even understanding it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that 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 final turn for him shows that you know Gandalf was was correct, and he said you know. Your father loves you and he'll remember it before the end, you know, that mm-hmm. this idea of. That's so interesting that you bring that because that was one thing I had written down of like, hmm, maybe I would use this as my compelling question. Like, do we think that Denethor actually loved his kids? Like, did he actually love them or was he just attached to them in certain ways? And I think that he did love them. I think that he, uh, he had a lot of very selfish twisted kinds of ways of 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 feeling about his children and the city of or the city of Minas Tirith and Gondor and mm-hmm. the world at large you know i think that it was a very 
um, selfish kind of way of doing that where where it was about his status as the ruler of Gondor Mm -hmm. and his status as this father or whatever it might be but I think that for him to be affected in those ways by both the deaths and the apparent death of Boromir and Faramir respectively I think it shows that there was true love and care for them Um, and he didn't know how to to handle that and and that's something that um, I mean to kind of mirror Another thing I think that when we see, uh, for example, Katniss's mother, you know, she retreats into herself and she becomes essentially a terrible mother after the death of her husband, you know, like Mm -hmm. that grief overtakes her in a way that isn't excusable in any way. Mm -hmm. But certainly um, I think there's some some humanity to that, to you not being able to continue to function in the same way if if you're hit by that kind of grief and i think that grief grief does come from love um but my only problem though is that at least in the movies i i don't have quite as vivid memory of the books in regard to denethor's interaction with uh faramir but at least in the movies like he sent faramir to his death mm-hmm. you know i mean he didn't actually die but like what he thought was his death and so I don't know. I'm just not sure because he is such a selfish character mm-hmm. and can love and selfishness like both exist together. Um, I, I don't know that they can. And so and then also we know that he part of his corruption and everything came from the Palantir. Mm-hmm. Um, and him having influence from Sauron and, and everything. So I don't know if all of his kind of madness, as you said, came from reaction right. to Faramir's supposed death or if it came from, the you know, Sauron's influence. I, I would say the, the, the Palantir helps to help to weaken him and it helped to increase that, that kind of despair and hopelessness. But I think that the triggers for him were the deaths of his, his son or the apparent deaths of his son. And mm-hmm. so uh, from my perspective and on, on your point of love and selfishness, I think that, that he, I, th- I think that's the constant struggle with people in general is, are mm-hmm. you, are you going to act lovingly or act selfishly? And even if you're acting selfishly, you're not acting lovingly the way that he's clearly not acting lovingly in that, in that decision. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that he does not have love, even if he, in other moments. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that, that decision was born out of a lot of things. Um, Including an overconfidence that, you know, this idea that, that I think he's uh, idealizing Boromir even for a bit. We're saying Boromir mm-hmm. could retake Osgiliath mm-hmm. and even Boromir wouldn't be able to do that. No. You know, like they're, they're, he's not that much better a general than Faramir where he mm-hmm. could just completely overwhelm overwhelming odds. And it it's uh, and so I think a lot of that came from more than just him. Like, I think that he was never cognizantly thinking that Faramir is going to lose and that's Mm -hmm. why I'm sending him. He's saying Faramir uh, needs to be as good as Boromir who would win this because Mm -hmm. I think Boromir can do anything in my grief. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a a conscious thought process, but that's kind of my headcanon of kind of what he was thinking. Yeah. No, that makes sense. 
I guess for me, part of what I think about is, is love, does love require action to mm-hmm. be love instead of just like a feeling or um, a reaction? I think for me, it, it doesn't require action. Mm-hmm. I think that love, real love translates into action. Mm-hmm. And I think that if, if action does not exist or action goes against it, then um, there needs to be, I think, a critical discussion of whether love exi- does exist. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that I assume that there, there are some people who love people and still treat them in unloving ways. But that doesn't necessarily have to mean that they are not, they don't love that person, but it might mean that they have other flaws and characters in their in their character or what have you that lead mm. to these selfish actions. Well, and I wonder if part of the problem is that we talk about love in a way of it being almost like a status. Mm-hmm. It's like something you have for someone as if it's a constant thing rather than talking about it as like individual happenings and occurrences of like they are being loving, they are loving this person. Um, instead of, like, they love this person as, like, this overarching thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, they are loving this person. Um, so that's maybe in- that would be the difference. That's interesting. And um, it, it actually reminds me, and this might be a tangent, but it reminds me of, I, I read a, a thought piece some years ago about um, the term ally mm-hmm. and how the author of this, I wish I had I had their name, but the author was saying that ally is a useless word because it is just a... Uh, a description, an identity, Mm -hmm. whereas they would prefer, instead of it being, for example, I am a, uh, an ally for the LGBT population. It's, Mm -hmm. I am currently acting in solidarity with Mm -hmm. the LGBT population. And so it's about the action that you're currently doing. And if Mm -hmm. you stop doing that for whatever reason, right, you work on a different issue or you have mental or physical health issues that make it so that you have to retreat or whatever else it might be, you, you are then no longer acting in solidarity, and so you're mm-hmm. no longer an ally. Mm-hmm. And so it's similar where if you are not acting lovingly to this person, do you love them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I am more on the side of, of accepting the idea that you can love if you are not acting lovingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely think that you have, you have a point there. In, in Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting and... Something I think about sometimes. <laughs> Before we move on, I did want to mention, though, that um, one of the reasons I brought this up also is because, and I've told you this before offline, one of the reasons I love Faramir so much as a character mm-hmm. um, uh, is that I think that his relationship with Boromir is really compelling to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two brothers. Um, I have two sisters. Like, uh, sibling relationships kind of hit a special emotional spot for me <laughs> what um, you yeah yeah you uh, like family absolutely <laughs> and so um a sp- like honestly that's one of the things that i actually really love about the movies and the representation of fairmere in the movies is mm-hmm. in the extended versions the only versions that really count um <laughs> in return of the king seeing mm-hmm. the flashbacks to fairmere and boromir mm-hmm. um I think are really powerful. It makes it so much richer. It yeah. really does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes all three of their their relationships with each other like really, really interesting and and, and richer, as you mentioned. And so, and to see how Boromir wasn't just like, oh, I'm the favorite child and I'm great at everything, 
where he was very much like, oh no. Yeah. Father's here. He's going to ruin our celebration. Exactly. That he was just so genuinely having with his brother. Like this yeah. like great time, this good feeling, this like mm-hmm. just, um, yeah, th- exactly. Like, and then the father's going to come and ruin it. And not and because the father's going to... solidarity with his brother, I think. Exactly. Mm-hmm. His brother's not going to ruin it because he's going to do anything bad to Boromir. Like, the worst mm-hmm. case thing he's going to do is going to butter, butter Boromir up too much, which can rankle people for sure. Yeah. But really, he's frustrated to see Denethor because he knows that Denethor is going to put down Faramir. Mm-hmm. And that is something that he can't abide. And it's something that I really appreciate in the character of Boromir. That, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you think about his notions of justice and fairness, he's not his father. Um, He really does have uh, that compassion for and love for his brother. And he acts in that, in that way, in those scenes. So um, that's something that I I do really appreciate. Uh, There are definitely a lot of aspects of Faramir in the movies that I don't love, Uh, but we'll get into that. I'm sure in one episode, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, but that's something I wanted to bring up when I, when I think about love and familial love in Lord of the Rings. For sure. Okay, well, what about a compelling question? What is yours? So my compelling question actually kind of comes off of your character choice and the Ooh. rationale for your character choice, funnily mm-hmm. enough, is um, in looking at the relationship between Frodo and Sam. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've had conversations about this. We have. Uh, how do you think Sam's status as a servant Mm-hmm. affects their ability to love each other. Yeah, no, it's it's something that I've definitely thought about too. And I think when you have this class distinction, um, which, which is denoted in uh, Sam calling Frodo Mr. Frodo, mm-hmm. right? And he doesn't call him Mr. Baggins, right? So he, it's a little less formal Mm -hmm. right there's a little bit more um familiarity and and friendship there in that but still he doesn't call any he he doesn't say mr mary or mr pippin Mm -hmm. um even though they are also a higher class than he is yeah because he worked for frodo Mm -hmm. in and so i think that there's some there's some things that just die hard. Like, if you grew up saying something, it's hard to transition to say something else, like to call somebody a new name, right? Sometimes it can be difficult when, um, even if your actual relationship changes with Mm -hmm. them. It took me years to stop calling my mentor professor. Yeah, exactly. That sort of thing, where it's just like, um, how do I not call you doctor? Or, you know, whatever it is. Um... So, yeah, I think that could have a role. Mm-hmm. And part of it, I wonder, is part of Sam's loyalty related to his status of servant hmm. rather than just out of friendship? And I'm I'm not sure if that's true, but it is a compelling idea, right? And And I think I would feel a little less or a little more skeptical of the love between them if I didn't see that at the end, when when they do go back to the Shire, like, Sam was going to move in with Frodo. Mm. And then Frodo's like, oh, when are you going to move in? And then Sam was like, well, um, I kind of am interested in Rosie, and she kind of 
wants to be with me too he's like well you can both move like just get married and both move in Mm. with me and like and you can have your family here and everything and so him just like welcoming him into his home to like live a life together i think does show something different than just that distinction between servant and or like employer employee type Mm. of thing but him moving in do you imagine that frodo was cooking breakfast I have no idea. Right? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I think I think that you're 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 hitting on a lot. No, of the unfortunately, it was probably rosy. That's true. Because everything is terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just I find it very very interesting um, because like they do consistently say like that Sam loves his master, you know, mm-hmm. and like it. To do our modern sensibilities, there's some really tricky things there. Oh, for sure. Um, of the idea of someone being someone else's master. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when we look at this as a fiction, piece of fiction, you know, Tolkien's perspectives on feudal society mm-hmm. are very different than our modern mentalities of, of uh, you know, equality and things like this. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's it's just kind of a, a hard thing to separate out. So I think that within the fiction um, and within Tolkien's worldview, a love for of a ma- of a servant for their master is goodness, and a love of a master for their servants is goodness. You know, mm-hmm. and we kind of talked about that with leadership last week. Of like, you are in some ways a servant to those who you who you rule over or who you you know are responsible for their responsibility Mm -hmm. is also a form of showing love or showing you know responsibility for them and so um i think that that's a paradigm that i'm not entirely comfortable with totally yeah i agree part of me would wonder too though if sam has a hold up with his status Hmm. because i don't really see that in frodo i don't really see that he would think differently of him because he is like a lower class and has worked for him or whatnot um i think in a lot of their interactions you see that that's not true Mm -hmm. right but i wonder if sam feels like because you see that he doesn't have a lot of Mm self-confidence like if people praise him and like uh, Frodo has praised him a lot, like even to his father and stuff when they come back mm-hmm. from the all of their journeys. Um, and he he blushes and he gets embarrassed. And I feel like maybe Sam doesn't feel like he should have the love of Frodo or he, he doesn't feel like the equal to Frodo. And so he wants to still call him Mr. Frodo. And he, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about whether he doesn't feel like he's worthy of the love, but I think that mm-hmm. the equality thing is true. I don't yeah. think that he sees himself as equal. I don't think that he sees himself as great, you know? Yeah. Like, he is not among the great. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that, that hobbits in general typically aren't among the great, you know, yeah. uh, the way mm-hmm. that, that the human kings and, and things like that are, or the, you know, the rulers of the elves are the great of these books. Um, but... With, even within hobbits, he is that lower class. And I think that, that mm-hmm. I could imagine, I, I not, maybe these are in the books, but I, I don't remember if it, they are or not, but the idea of Sam calling Frodo without Mr. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Frodo, I think, would be fine with it, but Sam would never do it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's, that is something that Sam definitely enforces, and it's because that's what he sees as appropriate. You know, he does mm-hmm. see a separation between the servant and the, the higher class or the master. Um, and I don't think that doesn't necessarily inf- impact the way that the character can see love. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just when, when I start thinking about how love works in the in the real world the way that we yeah. kind of do in these discussions it's it's i i would be interested in actually reading um or 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 hearing us you know some of the the perspectives or the experiences of someone who did feel that way mm-hmm. who was in a master servant relationship and truly loved their master yeah i mean i think at the bottom of this issue is power dynamics, yeah. right? So how does love operate in relationships with power dynamics? But in any relationship, any heterosexual relationship, you're going to have different power dynamics. Like, you just will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's very complicated. It is. It's very much so, yeah. Conclusion, complicated. (laughs) It's complicated. It's complicated. So what's your question for me? So my question for you is, where do you see love coming into play with the character of Gollum? That's a really interesting one. Um, And I I was thinking about that as well uh, as we were talking earlier uh, and about Frodo specifically treating people with love. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it it reminds me actually of Ender's Game and Mm. Ender's quote about... Uh, when you truly know someone, you have to love them. Mm-hmm. And Frodo, you know, starts it off wishing that Bilbo had killed mm-hmm. Gollum. But as a ring bearer himself, he starts to really be able to understand Gollum. Mm-hmm. And and I think start treating him in a more loving way. Yeah. Um, and then Sam is saying no, he's he's bad, he's evil, he's wrong, mm-hmm. you know, stinker and slinker and, and such. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't treat him with love. He wants to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. But after Sam is a ring bearer, Sam does start to pity him and he does start to feel for him um, at the very mm-hmm. end of the third book before they, they throw the ring in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see this turn within Sam as well. And so when I think about love with Gollum and the way that they treat Gollum, I mm-hmm. think that that it does come back to that quote of that idea of they know him and so they have to treat him lovingly in some way because he's been humanized in certain ways. He's been, mm-hmm. um, they, they can relate to him and they can understand him in ways. And, you know, I think there's a lot of really interesting depth to this idea of if you know someone completely you love them you have Mm -hmm. to because you see their desires and their weaknesses and their you know everything Mm -hmm. and i think that they see that in golem and so when they start to see him in that way they start to treat him differently they start to start to treat him more kindly and more lovingly Mm -hmm. um because of it yeah definitely and i think that's a really good um, link between those two series too because in Ender's Game when he's talking about this he's talking about the perceived enemy mm-hmm. and and that's very much Gollum like he they don't trust him and they don't see him as an enemy like Sauron or uh, Saruman is right mm-hmm. but still he is not to be trusted and then I mean ultimately he betrays them so mm-hmm. um, yeah 
for me, I was looking, um, I was kind of thinking about it in terms of how Gollum is so consumed by this desire for the ring, for mm-hmm. his greed, for his, that, that not power that he wants to use against other people. He just wants it for himself, mm-hmm. right? And so it's really hard to see any love in him and, and how he interacts. But there is this one scene in the book where he had been off with Shelob plotting and the you know it says like this you know the evil glint in his eye goes away mm-hmm. and he looks at them in just this completely different way and he like comes towards them and he like reaches his hand out to touch Frodo and he's he's having second thoughts about what he was just plotting and he has this yeah kind of tenderness towards them and I think finds a little bit more of his I mean I can't really say humanity because he's not a person but like his personhood Mm -hmm. and and then Sam wakes up and and he's like you know what are you doing sneaking around around everything and then it you know hit that evil glint comes back but so I think that it is there in a piece and I think they do a really good job of that in the movies Mm -hmm. um drawing that out even more but also when I think about Gollum I wanted to head to the Hobbit um on Instagram um Wondershins asked if we would talk about the Hobbit (laughs) (laughs) so um Hmm. is how Bilbo shows love to Gollum and like you're mentioning before at first Frodo was like you know it's a pity he didn't kill him when he had the chance and Gandalf's like it's pity that stayed his hand Mm -hmm. and and I think that that's really beautiful that this compassion that he had for Gollum for a creature that was gonna you know kill him and he Bilbo had this compassion and this love towards him and decided to just leave him in peace Right. I mean, obviously he stole something from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he didn't really know he was stealing from him originally. And then he was like, oh, no, he's scary. Let's get <laughs> out of here. Um, but it's that. And then Gandalf says, like, the pity of Bilbo may, you know, rule the fate of everyone, basically. And it really did start with Bilbo, this love. And then that later was integrated into um Frodo's understanding and interactions with him too so I think it's really cool that this kind of underlying theme of love really makes everything happen in Lord of the Rings I like that yeah I've got I've got something to say but I'll be bringing it on our lessons learned or to our takeaways okay cool um so but I will tell you my missed opportunity okay so my missed opportunity um is that as you can see from all the discussions that we've had thus far about love there isn't a lot about romantic love in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> uh, or a lot that's really, I think, engaging. Um, mm-hmm. Arwen and uh, and Aragorn are in love. We don't know why, other than <laughs> they're both great, apparently. Um, but like, we don't see any of that. Even in the you know the, the story of Arwen and Aragorn in the appendices, uh, 
we don't see a ton of how they fell in love. It, it's kind of just they saw each other and were in love or they saw each other and thought they were beautiful or whatever it mm-hmm. might be. Um, similarly, when we see Eowyn falling for Aragorn, mm-hmm. we don't see a lot of, like, don't see, like, why there other than that he's a great man and a great king and, and these kinds of things, but... It's so simplistic. Exactly. There's yeah. there's no building of a relationship that's like, I love the way that he makes me feel. I love um, yeah, how... Yeah, you do. I do. <laughs> I love the way Aragorn makes me feel. Um, I love how how uh i am or, and how this person challenges me to be better i love mm-hmm. you know all these kinds of things that are actually developed out of a relationship with that person and something that's like communal between the two of them mm-hmm. rather than just i see this person they are this way i admire that and thus i am in love with them mm-hmm. um and that that i think is is a missed opportunity in in the books and i think that that goes back again to kind of the time and the style that tolkien was writing in because Definitely. a modern book could not get away with it. And that's why the modern movies, they had so much more Arwen in them mm-hmm. um, because, you know, they needed her to A, have more of a character and B, to like give her and Aragorn something that they had to get together, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, and they just wanted to like add another woman in since they're like none besides which Eowyn. I think is totally a, a good call. Yeah. Um, I still think that even there, um, because just the, the demands of the narrative still required them to be apart for most of the time mm-hmm. that, uh, that a lot of it's just like her pining for him with her father, unfortunately, you know, and mm-hmm. like being unsure of what to do. But, I still, but like even in the movies, like the very end, or not the very very end, but one of the the twelve endings that Return of the King has, <laughs> when uh, when he gets crowned, and then like she pops up behind the banner, mm-hmm. and he's just so happy to see her, and like they kiss, like it just gives me a huge smile every time uh, I watch it. Of course, it's it so does. cute and so sweet. Um, and even I'm though... just like, why is her dress that color? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm also like. So how long has she been there just, like, hiding from him <laughs> just for this one reveal? But, yeah, it, it's still, like, that kind of thing for sure plays to modern audiences, including myself, much more than than it does in the book but or in the books. But I, I think that that is something that I, I would like to see more of. And it's it's something that I didn't hate about the Hobbit movies, the, the relationship um, that they developed between I actually kind of liked that. Yeah. I liked the, the interracial <laughs> romance. It had some interesting, like, aspects to it, and it did, mm-hmm. like, kind of make me care about certain characters a little bit more and, and mm-hmm. see kind of intentions more, but uh, at the end of the day, I still think that Lord of the Rings is not an epic romantic love story the mm-hmm. the love that we see and yeah. the epic love that we see is the kind of love that we see between frodo and the world or sam and frodo but mm-hmm. we don't really see it um in that romantic way definitely so my missed opportunity is that i feel like sometimes love can be a little black and white hmm. in, in the uh books and the movies i think maybe more so in the movies than in the books and because they don't really emphasize the inconsistencies um, within, like, loving characters mm-hmm. as well. Like, in the books, they, they showed a little bit more of Sam in times where he wasn't loving. Mm-hmm. But if you're mainly watching the movies, which is mainly what I've engaged with, I've definitely read all of the books, like, about twice now, but... Yeah, the movies I know like the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like Sam is 
a much more simple character in that way, that he is ultimately loving and loyal to Frodo, but you just barely see how unkind he can be mm-hmm. to Gollum sometimes. And and yeah, like, as you were saying, as he gains more understanding, then his interactions with him change. Then he starts having compassion for, for Gollum that he didn't have before. And I think that's, yeah, missing from the movies, which I would have liked to see a little more complexity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my takeaway, which I was kind of alluding to earlier, is on this idea of, of Gollum and Sam and Frodo's love. Um, and I think that it's also very interesting when we see that, you know, Frodo is willing to sacrifice everything. And he is uh, someone who wants to, to give everything for the his love of the world until mm-hmm. the very end. Until yeah. he is corrupted by the ring. And mm-hmm. he does become selfish, and he no longer wants to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we think about how Gollum treats people with love or not, he doesn't when it comes to that person or the ring, you know? Mm-hmm. he When he's realized what Frodo is going to do with the ring, he, you know, that is what turns him. He does not want the ring to be destroyed. He's treating the ring with love, if if nothing else. Mm-hmm. But I think that going back to, to kind of you know, his, his choice, as you mentioned in She Loves Lair, where, where he may, he's rethinking things. The reason he took them up there to begin with in large part was because of the betrayal that he Mm -hmm. felt from Frodo, because he was calling Frodo master and saying good Mm -hmm. master, kind master, you know, Mm -hmm. and then the Smeagol Golem relationship there is also very interesting because he no longer was under the direct influence of the ring. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he was able to treat things with love again. And he started feeling that for Frodo, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and treating Frodo with love in certain ways. And then to feel that betrayal. Um, and of course, this mm-hmm. entire time, the ring is still whispering in his ear. And he's still yeah. being influenced by it, even if he's not directly bearing it. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess my, my takeaway from all that is that the ring kind of represents the absence of love in certain ways you know it represents that selfishness Mm -hmm. of i'm going to do this because i it's all about me i will be the ruler you know even sam's sam when he is tempted by the ring it's i will be the gardener of the world i'll turn the whole Mm -hmm. world into a garden you know (laughs) because it's about what he wants yeah Um, the ring brings focus to the self mm -hmm. instead of outwards towards others exactly and and so i think it's very interesting seeing how how that inter interacts with all three of them Mm -hmm. um when they are and are not bearing the ring how they can and cannot treat each other with love before and after they do so Mm -hmm. and and how maybe for sam and and frodo seeing how the ring can make you selfish can Mm -hmm. make you be so focused on yourself and so not loving um, mm-hmm. they then can love Gollum more because they understand how, how that's been affecting him. Yeah, for sure. What about you? What's your takeaway? Hmm. I think my takeaway is a challenge. Oh. It's that a, a challenge to try to understand even the people that most frustrate me or would do Sorry. evil again. <laughs> Or would do evil against me. Yeah, to show 
that love and and a challenge to to think more about love in action hmm. rather than uh, something that's like oh well I love these people but if I'm not actively doing something am I so yeah well way to show me up with your takeaway. <laughs> I just had some useless drivel about... I mean, yours was on topic. Mine turned towards myself. That's true. (laughs) So really, you weren't being loving there. You're being very selfish and focused on yourself I may have a ring. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, why don't you bring up what we're going to be talking about next week? Okay, so next week we are going to look at... The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Great. And let's see our... Oh, okay. Our topic is going to be chaos. Chaos in the Hunger Games. Yeah. That those books are just rife with I know, I feel like every topic we get we're like, oh, in the Hunger Games this is gonna be It's so, so good. true. It's the, just <laughs> such great books. Um Alright, so Chaos Chaos in the Hunger Games, I'll be yep. next week. Well, until then, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. We do appreciate all those Instagram messages and, and shout-outs that we've gotten. They, they uh, really mean a lot to us, and they brighten our day every time we see them. We would like to also challenge each of you to please go and tell a friend. If there's someone who you like to have these kind of geek conversations with, then tell them about the podcast and see if, see if they enjoy it, because we found already that we keep getting new listeners, and it's always because someone told them about the podcast. So it really is mm-hmm. the best way of, of us helping get new listeners. If you don't have any friends that you like having those conversations with, then we'll be your friend. Come, Just contact <laughs> us. Send us an email uh, or engage with us on social media because we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor-Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. And thank all of you for listening and subscribing. With, well, until next time. Yeah, until next time. Geek, geek out. out.